Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, uh, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Uh, before we get into the, to today's podcast, let's give our shout outs as we normally do. Um, if you are listening from the Arkansas area, uh, so from uh, Mammoth Springs, Marion, West Memphis, or Moralton, uh, we're thankful that you guys are listening from those areas and supporting the podcast. Um, from Nebraska, we've got Bellevue, Omaha, and Papillion. So that's awesome that we have listeners in Nebraska. And finally, in Colorado, Grand Junction, uh, Colorado Springs, and Denver. So again, it's just, it's always so encouraging each week to see where everybody's from. Um, and it's great to see that everyone's listening and we're all growing together. It's just a wonderful thing to see. All right, so let's get into um, our podcast for today. And this this one was a, a tough one to do because this is one that is very hard for me to get as well as I continue to grow. This one's tough. And I entitled this one, Even When You Have Faith, Things Still Might Not Go Your Way. Even when you have faith, things still might not go your way. You know, sometimes uh, in this life, we're going to do things and we're going to make decisions based on faith. And when I say make decisions based on faith, I'm saying we'll make certain decisions decisions in our life based off of what God would want us to do. And so normally you would think when you make a choice that God wants you to do, we feel as if we'll get a return back. And I'm putting up quotations there. We'll get a return on exercising faith. So let's let's use this example. So let's say you've been at your job for like five years, all right? And let's say during those five years of your job that you've always been on time, you've never been late, you always do your work at a high level, you've grown, You've helped train other people that's come through. And so if you've done those things at a certain job for a consistent five years, don't you expect some type of return for doing those things at your job? So you might expect a raise. You might expect a promotion. You might expect, you know, something in that realm. And so, In secular terms, when we do what we're supposed to do, sometimes we're rewarded so that we can keep doing it. But the more that I study about faith, the more I hear about it preached, the more I read about faith, faith doesn't work that way. You would think it does, but it doesn't. You see, here's the thing for faith. So right now, you might be doing exactly what God wants you to do. You might be doing exactly what the scripture says. You might be teaching. You might be growing. You're faithful in your attendance. You're, you're living your life as best as you can according to the scripture. So you're doing what's right. And you've done it for a consistent amount of time of your life. But. As you continue to do these things, it feels like your return and my return is that life is harder. 
rather than you being rewarded for doing those things. And so what we have to understand moving forward as we study this topic today, Christianity is, is different. So secularly, secularly, right, those who have been, you know, veterans at their job, right? So if you've been at your job for a certain amount of time, you'll be taken care of based off your performance and you'll be taken care of based of your experience that you put into that job. But the thing about Christianity is when you talk about faith, you could be doing everything right for a consistent amount of time. Um, but then someone else that's also living up to God's standards, they may be younger than you. They may be, uh, you know, they may be a newer Christian, but they might get blessed first. So now how can we understand how to grow our faith? Because we have to understand faith is not like a scale system or like a barter system. Faith works differently. And so how can we understand what this is? And this is what we're going to study. So even though you have faith, things still might not go your way, right? And I think this is a great concept to get. So we're going to look at a couple things here. Um, but specifically, let's look at this number one. So what faith might do, faith might bring you towards a bigger fire. What do you mean? Look at Daniel chapter two. And again, if you're new to the podcast, this is what we do here. So get your Bibles, um, you know, whether you have it on your tablet or your phone, wherever you can find it. Uh, we just want you guys to see that these examples and everything are coming from the scripture rather than coming from me. All right. So let's look at Daniel chapter two. And I want to start. Um, Daniel chapter two. Let's see where I want to start. Actually, chapter three, I'm sorry, Daniel chapter three, and we're going to start in verse 12. Now, when we talk about faith might bring you towards a bigger fire, sometimes when, when you're going through something in your life and you're encouraged through the scripture, and I'm encouraged through the scripture to exercise faith, what faith might do, faith might make the situation that you're in harder. And that's what tends to discourage a lot of Christians. Because we have this, we have this false sense of what faith is. So we think if we exercise faith in an already tough situation, that when we exercise faith, that that tough situation is going to be easier because we exercise faith. Not that's not necessarily true. That may happen, but if you exercise faith, your already hard situation might get harder. And this is something that we need to understand. So this is why I mentioned that when you exercise faith, faith might bring you towards a fire that's bigger than the one that you're already in. So look at this. So in Daniel chapter three, here's just a little bit of background about Daniel. Remember Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the nation had been taken captive by Babylon. And at this time, Babylon was the strongest nation on planet earth. And so King Nebuchadnezzar was the king. And so what happens here in Daniel chapter three is that the king made a giant image and he built this giant statue. And the context of chapter three was that each morning when the statue was being presented and you would hear when you when you would hear the horn. Everybody in the nation 
was to bow down to that statue, right? And so if you did not bow down to that statue that the king made, then there would be severe consequences for you. So this is where we are right now in Daniel 3. So let's look at verse number 12. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, they have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor do they worship the image with which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and his fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that they be brought to the king. So, you know, have you ever been at a big sports event before? Like, like one that's packed. Or if you haven't been there, at least seen it on TV, you know, you'll see people stand up and maybe you'll see somewhere like, since I'm an Alabama fan, you'll see somewhere like Alabama, right? So if Alabama's playing Auburn in Tuscaloosa, you've got a crimson sea of red everywhere. But then in the corner, even on TV, you'll see that one crazy guy in the corner with bright, ugly orange on, right? And he sticks out like an or- like a, like a like a sore thumb, doesn't he? So think about think about when when these three men exercise their faith. So the horn goes and you just hear, and there's like a noise when everybody sits down at once. You know, you just hear one big boom. You know, everybody just sits down at once. And then you have those three men just standing there. So notice here, everybody be second and the guard like, well, I got to tie my shoe real quick. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are standing tall. So we're not gonna, we're not gonna bow down. And so, what did they exercise in verse number twelve? These men, in an already tough situation, exercise their faith. So now, what's the result of them exercising their faith? Look at verse, uh, look at verse number seventeen. And this is their response: If it be so, King Nebuchadnezzar. Our God, whom we serve, he is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he's going to deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee that we will not serve thy gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar again. So now the first time when Nebuchadnezzar heard that they wouldn't bow down, Nebuchadnezzar was was full of fury. Then when they told Nebuchadnezzar to his face that we're not going to bow down, then what else happened? Nebuchadnezzar was was full of fury. And he told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, therefore, watch this, he commanded that the heat of the furnace won seven times more than it won't be heated. So the, the furnace is already hot. But he said, why don't you make it a little bit hotter, seven times more hotter than it already is? So when you exercise your faith, guess what that might bring you towards? It might bring you towards a fire that's hotter than the one that you're already in. And he commanded that the most mighty men, verse 20, that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into into the burning fiery furnace. So not only did Nebuchadnezzar make the fire hotter, 
but he also made the guards stronger to bind them up. And so notice when your faith is exercised in, in a certain situation, sometimes the trial that you're going through is going to become harder. But then in our minds, sometimes that doesn't make sense because if at work I do things and I work hard, I get rewarded for it at school. If I work hard and do this, I get rewarded for it on the football, basketball court or field. If I work hard, I get rewarded for it. But you're saying if I do exactly what God wants me to do, I'm not going to be rewarded for it. It doesn't make sense. Well, then you might be asking, well, why would I do what God wants me to do if it's going to be harder in the first place? This is the question that most Christians ask. And sadly to say, when most Christians ask this question, this is what stagnates good men and women in their faith. Because people know when they make certain decisions based off the scripture that some things in their life now is going to change. And guess what we're not used to? We're not used to change. And sometimes we don't want change. So if we don't want change in our lives, then what is one thing that we might not exercise? We might not exercise faith based off of fear that it's going to be harder. So the question becomes, if faith is going to bring me to a bigger fire, why in the world should I even exercise it? Well, quickly, keep your finger there in Daniel and go to 1 Peter chapter 1. And Peter gives us a reason why we should actually do this. 1 Peter chapter 1 and I want you guys to look at verse number seven. First Peter chapter one, verse seven, that the trial of your faith being more precious than of gold and silver. Watch this. Though your faith be tried with fire might be found unto praise and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You know what fire does to certain metals is it purifies what's already in it. So as you go through fires in your life, different heat settings, right? It's different, but everybody's gone through something. When you go through those things, it purifies you to become better for him. So did you know that if my, I'm talking to me too, I'm pointing the finger here as well. If myself and if you as a listener if we don't go through trials because of fear, because of the unknown, because we're scared, or because we do know if we do a certain thing, things are going to get harder, then guess what's not being purified? Your faith. Because guess what you're not allowing your faith to go through? You're not allowing it to go through trial. But did you know that if you're a Christian, that's a necessity? But so many times we'll trade trial for comfort. Well, I don't want to do this now because I know if I do this, this will happen. Well, I don't want to say this now because I know if I say this now, now let's, let's make something clear. There's a way to, to take care of things, right? So there's a way to use tact. There's a way to speak. There's a way to communicate. So I'm not saying that you just go off the cuff, right? So let's, let's make that clear. But I'm just talking about in the general sense, we run away from those things. But Peter said that thing, 
that thing's going to help your faith. That's going to purify it. And so your faith might bring you towards a bigger fire. Now let's go back to Daniel 2 and let's jump up to verse number 22. So now here's the thing. So now you still might be asking, well, if, if faith is going to make my situation harder or bring me towards a bigger fire, then why in the world should I exercise it? Because notice what happens here. So look at verse uh, number 22. So therefore, by the king's command, it was urgent, the furnace exceeding hot, that the flame of the fire killed those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So the fire was so hot that the men that threw them in there died. <laughs> that's that's saying something about the fire. Now, now I think sometimes we, what's the right word? Um, I think sometimes we, we kind of, for a lack of a better term, we kind of make this into a cartoon for kids, but you got to really think about this in reality, the, the, the fear that could have been in Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego's eyes. Now, some people think if you have faith, that means you're not going to be scared. Or if you have faith and you're going to, you know, you're going to be scared. Because you're still here. You're going to be nervous. You're going to be scared. So imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego seeing that those men that threw them in died. You know, you know, everybody's been around a campfire. A little campfire is hot. Imagine just a wall, you know, full of fire. And you're about to go. That's going to be your death. Now, can you imagine what did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? I, this, is, this is it. We're exercising our faith. It, it could have been a, it's a hard moment for them. But notice what happens here. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down into the midst of the burning fire. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, astonished, rose up in haste, and he spake. And he said to the counselors, did we not cast three men in the midst of the fire? They answered and said, true, O king. But Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, but lo, I see four. I see four men, and they're loose. And they're walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. You know, the great thing about verse 25 is when you go through trials, you think you go through it alone, but Christ is with you. But guess what you have to exercise? You got to exercise faith. And I'll be the first to tell you, that's not the easiest thing to do. It's not to exercise faith, sometimes it's difficult because as, as humans, we run away from anything and everything that we feel will hurt us. But sometimes if you look at Hebrews 11 through the hall of faith, these, these men and women, they ran towards it. You know, they were, their faith fortified them. And so what happens is with faith in your life and my life, sometimes faith won't align things in your life. Sometimes faith will shake it up, but maybe your life needs to be shaken up. Maybe my life needs to be shaken up. Maybe we've been too comfortable. Maybe we've been too lax. You know, maybe we've just not, you know, trying to be comfortable, but what faith does, faith is another avenue to show that no matter what we depend on God and his strength and his wisdom so even when you have faith 
certain things in your life may not go away. So point number one, what faith might do for you, faith might bring you towards a bigger fire. But then what else will faith do? Not only will faith bring uh, you towards a bigger fire, but faith sometimes might put you on the path alone. Faith might put you on the path alone. You know, as, as humans, we have this need for interaction. And we also have this need to want to be needed. You know, nobody, a lot of people say they want to be alone, but nobody really wants to be alone. You know, everybody wants to need, everybody wants to feel needed, right? Everybody wants that. We, we thrive and we want companionship in some sense of the word. But what faith might do is faith might put you on the path alone for a while. And look at, look at Jeremiah here, and we're going to look at him as an example. Look at Jeremiah chapter 15. Jeremiah chapter 15, Jeremiah known as the weeping prophet, one of my favorite books in the Old Testament. But if you know anything about Jeremiah, Jeremiah was told to preach the word in chapter one. And throughout chapters one through 14, Jeremiah's being persecuted. He's being mocked. He's a laughing stock of the nation. They're throwing him in prison. They're beating him. And Jeremiah is just weeping the whole time because he wants God's people to repent and turn back to God. But notice how Jeremiah feels himself as the prophet of God. Verse 15. O Lord, thou knowest, remember me, visit me, and revenge me of thy persecutors. Lord, take me not away in thy long suffering. Know that for this sake... I have suffered rebuke for doing what you want me to do. Thy words, verse 16, were found, and I ate them. Thy word unto me, the joy and rejoicing of my heart, I am called by thy name, O Lord of hosts. But Lord, I sat not in the assembly of the mockeries or of the mockers. Neither did I rejoice. Now watch what Jeremiah says. And I sat alone because of thy hand. For you have filled me with indignation. Lord, why is my pain perpetual? And why is my wound incurable, which refuses to be healed? Will you altogether take me as a liar and as waters that fail? So think about what Jeremiah is saying here. Jeremiah is saying, because I exercised faith. Because I did what you told me to do in chapter one, because I've been preaching the gospel, Lord, I sit alone. Lord, I'm lonely. Lord, I am by myself. And notice how deep he goes. I love this language. Lord, he says, why is this pain perpetual? Every single day, it seems to get lonelier and lonelier and lonelier, and nobody seems to care. And then he compares his loneliness as a wound. So when your body has some type of wound, it might take time. But what does that wound eventually do? The body heals itself back up. But Jeremiah says this wound hurts so bad that this wound refuses to heal. That's a different. That's another level of loneliness. That's another level. 
So think about Jeremiah. Jeremiah exercised his faith. But as he exercised his faith, where did God put him? In a situation where he's alone. See, acting on faith, not only sometimes will it bring you towards a bigger fire, but acting on faith might put you in a situation where you're alone for a while. But the thing about us, we don't like to be alone. So what happens, and I'm speaking to myself as well, what happens so many times, we make decisions in our life and we'll ask ourselves these two questions. And if you've never asked yourself these questions, I don't know if I believe you, but I I know I have. When you make certain decisions in your life, you might ask yourself these questions internally. Number one, who else is doing it? And then number two, do I got to do it alone? Do I got to do it by myself? So the crazy part is, sometimes we won't make a decision for the simple fact that in, in some sense of the word, we, we would rather stay, and unfortunately, I've seen this, unfortunately, we would rather stay in a sinful situation rather than be alone. We would rather stay in a sinful situation and have plenty of people with us. We'd rather stay in a sinful situation and have our friends and everybody still accept us rather than doing what the Lord says and exercise faith, and we may have to be alone. This is why when we talk about living faithfully and growing and studying together, this is why we talk about your prayer life being fervent, your prayer life being excellent. Because what God has to be for the faithful Christian young man and the faithful Christian young woman God has to be your confidant. God has to be your best friend. God has to be someone that you always talk to first. God has to be that person that you always, you're gravitated towards him when things like this happen in your life. That's why prayer is important because prayer is the way that we communicate to him. So when you go, when you exercise faith and when your situation gets worse, guess who you need to lean on? You need to lean on the father. Sometimes when you use faith and you're alone, guess who you need to lean on? You need to lean on the father. But you know, I think this is a problem as well. You know, we know that we can't see God. We know that God doesn't talk. He talks to us through the word. I think I think a lot of times, and I fell into this category too. I think a lot of times, sometimes I don't think we talk to the Lord as much because sometimes I don't think we think he hears. Because when you have human interaction, someone else can say, they can respond back to you. Right. They can. So when it's it's like a give and take. Right. Everybody's satisfied in the conversation. So you get your exchange. But like if you're alone and if you're going through a fire that's really bad, when you talk to the Lord. You're not going to get that verbal. 
exchange. You're not going to get the four-step process of exactly what you need to do verbally. So this is why sometimes this is it's the harder route because you're exercising faith. So you when you pray, you have to believe that prayer that you said. When you study, you have to believe that if God told me to do this, I got to do it. So that's why your faith has to be on an immense level. So you have to trust that the Lord hears you. You have to trust that the Lord understands. You have to trust that the Lord sees, even though it seems as if he's not responding or he's not listening, or in some cases that it feels like he doesn't care about what's going on with you. I get it. I get it. But this is the time where you need to exercise that faith and grow that thing. This is the time for it. So in our lives, not only will faith bring us to a bigger fire, not only will faith bring us to a path alone at times, but number three, what faith might do is faith might lead you to suffering. You know, I think about the disciples of Christ as an example, you know, in in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Before Jesus left, the last thing that he said to them was go and teach all nations, right? Go and teach all nations. And he told them, I'm going to be with you always, even until the end of the age. But, you know, there's this book. And if you guys like to read, if you're looking at the video portion, I've got a, uh, I'm holding up the book, but the book is called Fox's Book of Martyrs. F-O-X-E, Fox's Book of Martyrs. And my copy has like a a picture of a lion on it. And what this book is, is it goes through the apostles and it goes through the Christians in the first century that suffered because of their faith. And if we go through this, I want you to look at what happened to Christ's disciples. Now, mind you, what was the last thing that Jesus said to all of them? He said, number one, go teach, but he said he'd always be there, right? He said, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. So notice what happens here. So Stephen, Stephen stoned to death. James was executed. Matthew was beheaded. James, the brother of Jesus, he was thrown off of a tower. And when he fell down, he wasn't dead yet. So they hit him with a blacksmith hammer. Matthias was stoned. Andrew is said to have been crucified on an X-shaped cross. Mark was literally dragged around to pieces. Peter was crucified upside down. Paul was beheaded. Jude was crucified. Bartholomew was crucified. Thomas was thrown into flames. So... So you're saying if I exercise faith, I might suffer? Yes, you might suffer. The apostles and the disciples suffered for doing exactly what Jesus said. And sometimes when you really think about that, at times that can be a scary thought. Because you think, man, because because I'm doing what God wants me to do, I may have to suffer for this. 
But that's why later on in the in the New Testament, that's why Paul always mentions, look, we got to comfort one another because we're all going through this. We're all going through this. So what faith might do, faith may lead to suffering in your life. And so these are some things that faith make. This is what faith might lead you to in your life and in mine. Faith might cause you to lose close friends. I've had that happen. Faith might cause family problems because of what you believe and because of what you know is right. Family might not like you anymore. I know what that feels like. You might lose your job because of faith. I've been in a situation where I pretty much almost lost my job because of my faith. You might be ridiculed because of your faith. Are you willing to suffer this way? Because of doing because of making the right choices? Or would you rather stay comfortable? See, here's and this is one thing I I want to communicate this the right way. This is what confuses me sometimes. We think, okay, I don't want to exercise faith. So I won't do those things. So I can be comfortable. See, I don't like that concept that we've made traditional in our churches today. I don't like the concept of regular or normal Christian. There's no such thing. I don't like that concept. Well, there's a preacher, there's a deacon, there's an elder, there's their wives and their families, and then there's regular. That's not, I don't like that. That's not true. Because a regular Christian isn't different from a preacher Christian or a deacon Christian, or, or there should be no difference, but we've made it that way. There's no such thing as a regular this or regular that. And if there was, then why would we want to be that? And so there's no such thing as, well, I'll choose not to do this so I won't have to suffer. Then are you really a disciple of Christ? I know this can be hard to hear. I mean, it was hard for me to hear during certain times in my life. And it was hard when things got harder. <laughs> you know, I can't lie there. It was hard when things got harder. And so you got to think, okay, so if we're talking about faith, and so Jordan, if you're saying faith is going to bring me to a bigger fire, if you're saying that faith is going to put me on a path alone, and if you're saying faith is going to bring me to more suffering, then why in the world would I even exercise it? Why would I even try? Because I don't, I don't want my fire to get bigger because it's already big as it is. I don't want to walk on this path alone. I don't want to go through suffering. So why do I even need to do this? Look at this. Look at Lamentations chapter three. And if you know anything about Lamentations, this is what Jeremiah writes. So Jeremiah wrote Jeremiah, but he also wrote Lamentations. And if you look at the beginning of that word, lament means to cry. And what was Jeremiah's name? Jeremiah was the weeping prophet. So he's essentially crying out to the Lord. And so notice what, and I was reading this today and this was incredible. Uh, Lamentations chapter three, and look at verse 31. Sometimes when you exercise faith, guys, you're going to feel alone. Sometimes when you exercise faith, you're going to think, I can't handle whatever's come my way. Sometimes when you exercise faith, um, 
you're going to be tired of suffering. You're going to be tired of doing what's right. And you're going to want to quit, right? But notice what, what Jeremiah says here. Verse 31, but the Lord will never cast off forever. But though he cause grief, yet will he have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. For God does not afflict willingly, nor does he grieve the children of men. Now jump up to verse 26 and watch this. It is good. It is good what, Jeremiah? It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. It is good, verse 27, that a man bear the yoke of his youth. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. So wait a second. So faith's going to bring me to a bigger fire. It is good. Well, faith, faith has brought me on this path alone where it feels like nobody wants to walk this path with me. It is good. Well, you don't understand, God. I don't want to suffer. Faith has brought me to more suffering. It is good. You know how much that encouraged me today? Sometimes we get so angry at faith because faith isn't doing anything for us. But God is saying it's good. It is good that while you're, while you're alone, it is good while you suffer. It is good, right, when your faith has brought you to a bigger fire. It's good that while these things happen, that you still hope in me and you patiently wait for the salvation of the Lord. So all those men that were martyred and killed and crucified, guess what they understood? This is good because the salvation of the Lord's coming. Golly, man, it's, wow. It's incredible, right? I mean, it's just, you know, sometimes we got to have the right mindset, guys, when we talk about faith, you know, because faith is something that we must exercise, but faith is also, we got to believe in the Lord's process for us. You know, we got to believe in his process. You know, so things may may not be going your way, right? You may be alone. You may you may feel like you're suffering in some in some way, but understand that faith is the process that the Lord has us going on. You know, I heard a Bible class teacher here, um, Brother Ted. His name's Ted Sheckle, and I love that guy. And what he's talking about, he's such a great encourager to me and to my family. And I walked in on a class that he did a couple years ago, and he talked about faith. And he said, I don't know why faith is this way, but he said, faith is like a winding road. And sometimes as you follow what the Lord wants you to do, you're going to fall. Sometimes when you, when you follow what the Lord wants you to do, you're going to be, you're going to be regarded as a laughingstock. You're going to be mocked by people on the outside and by God's own people. He said, as you walk through this road, you're going to be cast to the side because you're doing what's right. As you walk down the road, you're going to notice that the road is narrow and there's not a lot of room to move. He said, but that road 
leads to perfection. So all all those lonely nights where it feels like the, the four walls are leaning in on you, where it feels like you don't have anybody to talk to, it's a part of the road. All those nights where it feels like, you know, you're suffering and you don't know your next move. You know, you don't know where the Lord wants you to go. You don't even know what you can't even see your future. It's part of the road. You know, as you as you exercise faith in your your faith and your problems get harder and things get harder and life gets harder and everything just seems harder. The road is good because it leads you to somewhere that not everybody can go to. You know, that's why Jesus said, even among the kingdom, there's going to be so many. And this, you know, kind of, it can bring you to tears, you know, especially as a, a preacher of the gospel, because you want people to, you want people to make it, you know, but as you talk about this road, there's going to be people that would rather choose the comfort of the wide road than the discomfort of the narrow one. It's uh, it's it's incredible to, to understand more about your faith and more about mine. And my encouragement to you is I don't know what you're going through, but I know you're probably going through something. But my encouragement to you is to know that the road that you're on, especially if you're making your decisions based off of faith and you have a standard for yourself, you have a standard for how you live, you have a standard for your goals, you have a standard, keep going. Even though you have to walk alone, keep going. Even though you have to suffer, keep going. Even though your fire might be unquenchable right now keep going because it's good and know this you're not you're not by yourself because as lonely as it may feel god's walking with you golly man it's incredible study isn't it man it's just it's a wonderful thing and if that can't if studying the word and studying that if that can't build you up i don't know what else can right this it's just a wonderful thing to study this thing and to really believe what it says. And I'm a work in progress too. I'm not saying I figured out everything. I'm still working on stuff too. So I hope that all of us together, as we grow and as we study and as we learn and as we grow each day to love God and to love his people, that we can do some great things for God as the disciples did, as Jeremiah did, and as Daniel, Matt, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. So grateful for you all. I'm praying for you, praying for your faith. I pray that you pray for mine, um, that we can keep learning and studying and growing together and keep living the way that the Lord wants us to. Thanks, guys.